Okay, if you've got your Bibles, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. I'm going to carry on speaking to you. The message that says, don't be surprised when what you hear sounds like nothing what he said. Don't be surprised when what you hear or you heard sounds nothing like he said. There's a reason for that. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And he says, and we also thank God continuously, or continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, but not as human word. That is a key phrase. You did not accept what you're hearing as a human word, but as it actually is, which is what? The word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Now, in this series, I've been trying to help you see there's a huge difference between hearing the Word of God and, sorry, hearing the Word of God being spoken to you and hearing the voice of God. Many men are preaching the Word of God, and that's good. We need men to preach the Word of God. But not every man or every man, or all men and every man or every woman can carry the voice of God. The voice of God must come through the Word of God. The Word of God, in order for the voice of God to be, to be heard, the, the Word of God has to be spoken. But not everybody speaking the Word of God carries the voice of God. And this is so, so important for us that many of us believe just because we've come to church today and we've heard the Word of God being spoken, that we've heard it, that's it. But did you go away hearing the voice of God through the Word of God? Mm. Many of you write notes, and that's good. We've encouraged that over the years to be a church that's receptive to the word, to write notes. Because I don't know about you, I can't remember my own name. I only know I'm called Tony because people call it me. But the issue is that notes are very good, but if you don't do anything with your notes, then notes are no good. Now, one thing, I'm, I'm a, an avid note taker. I pay attention, I take notes. Why? Because what I've discovered from notes, and I'm sure you'll bear me up on this, is what I thought the speaker said and what I heard are often a miles apart. But guess what? When I've gone back to the MP3 and heard what he said and, and, and see what I spoke, I heard God's voice from out of what he said. Yes? So what, one thing he said, two things I heard. And we must get the voice of God for our life. Some of us have got so much word, but yet you will not be led. You've got so much word. You could show me more notes than a bank. But you will not show me by your life or show God by your life how you will be led by the voice of God. Now, 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 let's also counterbalance this because some of us say, I've heard the word of God, but it doesn't line up with the word of God. The two must line up. So many people over the years have come to me and say, I believe God said, and you cannot find a scripture for it. Now, the moment someone ever comes to me and say, God said, guess what? I have to step away. Can I call him a liar? No. It's there. It's their words that came out of their mouth. I might know that, that what they're saying is not biblical. But at that point, all that's going to happen is fight. So I'm going to say, you say God said, all right, then I don't like the God that just spoke to you. Because if it doesn't line up with the word, that's not the God I've been walking with. But me telling somebody that can create a holy ruckus. So what I've learned to do is step aside and say, okay, then let your God lead you. And let your God continue to lead you. Because it's not on my shift. It's not on my shoulders. Do you understand that? But here in this scripture, as Paul spoke to them, this is very important. And I want you to try and see the brevity of what Paul is saying in this small, as the Scots would say, in this wee scripture. In this wee scripture, Paul is saying, look... You heard my words naturally speaking. You heard me humanly speaking. 
You heard my accent. You heard my phraseology, my terminology. You heard me on a human level, but beyond the human level, there was a voice speaking to you on the other side. And it was that voice that you latched onto through my humanity, through my words. And that's why God says, it's not you. When you speak to people, and I lay hands on people, or you lay hands on people, and you think, wow, aren't I fantastic? No. Why? Because all God needed was a human hand. In fact, God didn't need a human hand, but he instigates that principle, lay hands on the sick. God can heal the sick while people are in their bed, as Sam told us this morning. God can heal people anyway. But God has instigated a principle where laying hands on people is a principle. But if you lay hands on me, it doesn't mean to say you're great. In fact, it doesn't mean that. It just means that the God who is in you is great. For greater is he. Right. You know the rest of the verse, don't you? So it's important that we see, we bring these two elements together. The God of his word, or I say the word of God, and the voice of God. It's no use us just having church and just preaching you the word. We've got to have the voice. The voice is the power that brings correction, brings alignment. You know, 2 Timothy 3, 3, verse 16, these are my teeth, said that all the word of God is useful for teaching, correcting, for building up, and for for rebuking. Right? So that the men of God, the women of God, will maybe be fully equipped in righteousness. Now there needs to be a voice behind that, not just a word. Believe me, Phil and I went to a church, it had a lot of word. But it didn't have the voice of the Holy Spirit because they wouldn't let the voice of the Holy Spirit speak. So all we had was men doing their best and we got saved through it. So God was speaking through that. But how much more could God have used those men had they let the power of the Holy Ghost use them? Hello? So important. We very often concentrate on just a word. And then we say, how was the meeting? It was okay. As if everybody, as if what he said was a load of rubbish. Yeah, it was okay. Or the other phrase I used to say to Carol in the early days, before, when we didn't have language to describe, I'd say, how was church? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Just all right. Yeah, well, nothing special happened. As if there was going to be magic that night. Church can be boring if without the voice. I need the voice. I want the voice for you and for me and for us. Amen? Through the word. It's not one or the other. It's both. It's not one or the other. It's both. God's voice must come through God's word. And here lies the problem. That many just want to keep speaking the word. But you must have the voice for our times. For our season. For our generation. Our generation has many voices. Many expressions, much terminology. But we need a voice to cut through the opinions of men. It's true. We do. Every news broadcast is an opinion, is an accusation, is a projected analysis of some smart aleck who thinks in the next 20 years, 30 years, this is going to happen. Now he's saying he's prophetic. You tell me what could happen in the next 30 years, that's not the same as telling me what will happen in the next 30 years. It's a speculative guess. What am I supposed to do? Run? Hide? On your speculation? So we have the Word of God. Everyone say the Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God, you do not have Christ in the midst. Christ and His Word are inseparable. And therefore, if you have no word, you have no authority. This is the basis. Christ is the word. And when I say word, I don't mean black and white, sorry, black uh, ink on white paper. That's called a book. This is just called a book. 
Anyone can read this. But when a believer takes hold of it, it's called the word. Why? Because it's now the word of God to me. But other than that, it's just called a book. It's a Bible. And don't get thrills about it being the best-selling book. I'm not interested in it being the best-selling book. I want it to be the best-lived book. The best-read book. The best, you know, um, applied book. That's the word I was looking for. Applied. So the moment I take hold of it, it now becomes the Word of God. Right? It's the Word of God to me. But if I'm a half-hearted, casual believer... It's only the word of God. But if I take hold of this word because I depend on it, it's now the living word. See how we're going? We've gone from a book to the word of God to the living word. It's living now because I depend on it. It feeds me. We're going to a whole new level. So many people have the word of God but don't have the living word. So it's the living word that's going to produce the voice of God inside of me. So many of you have a Bible. So many of you have the Word of God. But it's not yet fully become living in you. So therefore, the voice of God always seems to be something that you struggle to hear. But the moment it becomes living, it becomes a whole different kind of book. David says, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear like one being taught. Hello? He gives me the word to sustain the weary, David said. So how many of you know, for David, that word coming from heaven was living. This was in the midst of the law, by the way. God could make the law word become living inside the heart of David. Wow. It's possible to sit in a religious institution and still be fed... If your heart is looking for it, if you don't know anything else, God will, will speak to you there. But then, he will lead you. He will lead you to a different place. That's what I, I found in my own life. I was in as much religious system as you could find. And God led me out of that system, but God spoke to me there. God saved me there. God blessed me there. But then God led me from there. Amen? So we have the word of God. We have a Bible, we have the Word of God, we have the living Word, then we have the voice of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, Phil, you can have the living Word back, Phil. You You say, well, when I read the Bible, never go, I don't understand it. Right, welcome to the journey. Welcome to the journey. We've all been there. We've all been there. And that's why all these many versions are printed but the trouble is, these many versions are trying to get you to understand, but then they weaken the word itself. And, and I know that's a difficult thing to try and do. I mean, we're not all King James people now, are we? These, thou's, thus, and... I mean, do we ever speak like that? I mean, that Jimmy, that King Jimmy must have been a boring fella if he spoke like that. Oh, everybody did. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so we have the word of God, or the living word of God. Amen. Then we have, the next thing is, the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God to us. If you read the Psalms, the Psalms are all about the thoughts of God and how they inspired David. True? Are you awake this morning? They inspired. You can be sat on the backside of a desert in the worst scenario And the thoughts of God can inspire you. And they become like an oasis in the midst of a desert. The thoughts of God are so precious to me. Read your Bible and how many times does David say, Your word, O Lord, your thoughts, O God, are precious to me. Why? Because they carry an inward stream. They carry an inward stream. That's why meditating on the word of God, on the word of God, I don't mean that yoga stuff where you empty your mind. There's many days when I didn't have a lot in my mind anyway to empty, but the point is, is never empty your mind. The Bible tells us never empty your mind. He says, think on those things. So he gives us a focus right from the beginning. So, the word of God, the thoughts of God. Yeah? If you have no thoughts, you have no insight or wisdom, and you'll never come to understanding. 
If the only time you think about God's word is when you're reading it, there's something wrong. That's one of the times, yes. But what about the times when you're on the bus? Think about God's word. Let it feed you. Feed on. Feed upon it. And let it feed you. Amen? Take your inward flocks and your herds and let it drink at that inward stream inside of you. Amen? So we need, so if we have the thoughts of God, we have the insight and wisdom and understanding and revelation of God. It's true. So you must think God's thoughts in your mind. Then we have, and this is the most important one, it's one of the most important ones, we have the God of his word. This is very, very important because this is the testimony stage. This is when I prove in my own life, in my own walk, God is actually the God who keeps his word. God must keep his word because you know why? God says he's not a liar. Right, now here's the thing about you thinking God must keep his word. God can only keep his word and not your interpretation of it. That's important. Because you cannot hold God to ransom. I've tried it. You cannot be a hijacker. I've tried it. You cannot say, well, God, if you don't do this, well, I'm not doing that. It's like God goes, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm God. I've, by the way, I've got eternity. God will not be hijacked. He'll never be hijacked. God is not a terrorist. God is God. And God will only do what his word has spoken. So it's important that we have the God of his word working in our life. Because people say to you, and I often say this to my daughter, when my daughter walks away from God, and she, wants, she tries to deny the miracles of God that we've seen in our family. I show her the God of his word. And I show her the word of God. Do you remember when we prayed for mum? Yes. Do you remember when mum had this problem? Yes. Do you remember when we stood on the word of God? She can't deny it. Right. Did we not see mum supernaturally healed? Yes. Right. So we had the God of his word and we have the word of God in our household. Now what part of that don't you understand? What part of that do you want to fight? Well, she wants to fight the part where it says the word of God. But we must have evidence in our family life. We need to be able to point our children. This is where God came in. This is when you were struggling and mean dad had to intercede for you. And the next day you told us this, that was where God came. Because kids think it's all coincidence. So I like to show them these coincidences that the more I pray, coincidence keeps happening. So maybe coincidence and prayer go together. And I've got to keep showing our kids. And, you know, my kids are growing up, but they've got to start showing now with me granddaughters. I've got to show them that the God, is, God is the God of his own word. My granddaughter loves to read. So reading the Bible for her is just another book. But God, the God of his word, the voice of God, at some point will speak to my granddaughter. So the fact that she's an avid reader and she loves to read is a wonderful thing. And she, I say to her, Ella, have you been reading your Bible? Yes, granddad, I've been reading my Bible. And what did you read? And she tells me. But I'm, I'm waiting for that moment where she says, I heard the voice speak to me, granddad. And that's what we all need. Amen? And then she has... Now we have a testament in the generation. Now she's proven that the God who says what he said has now become the God who's done what he said he would do. And that's so important for us to have this. Amen? Amen. So the voice of God, the word of God, the God of his word, they're all inseparable. You cannot separate these things because it's God. Now, I said to you uh, last couple of weeks, I said, God is able to speak to Emma, his thoughts, but he didn't have to come with Emma and give her a chapter and a verse. God could give Emma wisdom about all things, what's going on in her life, appertaining to her situations. It was God, she knew it was God, but God didn't come with a chapter and a verse, but it was still God. Right, but God, even though he spoke to her independently from chapter and verse, God and his word are not independent. Do you understand that? Your mind might say, God can only come to me this way. No, he doesn't. He can come to you and speak to you and reveal himself to you in many, many ways. One way, as we've just said, he is the word of God. He is the voice of God. 
as we meditate on the word, God can then give us insight and wisdom and understanding. The more you understand how God interacts with his sons and daughters, the more your spiritual life becomes fulfilled. The more you, if you're just sat there waiting for an audible voice to come, you might be sat there for a long, long time. Because most Christians have never heard God audibly speak. And guess what? You don't need to hear him audibly speak when you can hear him inwardly speak. God can speak to you through his creation. God can speak to you the way two people are arguing. God can speak to you from something you see on TV. It all depends how you're configured on the inside to receive God. Now, God, remember, God will show you something, but you better get it connected to the Word at some point. Amen? You see, when Sam said this morning, God showed me a castle. You didn't know there was castles up in heaven, did you? Now, you've got to remember, this is a young man here trying to make sense of what he's seeing and understanding in the Spirit. So you're saying, castle, well, that can't be God. Whoa, whoa, Kim Osavi, calm down. Zion is a fortress. Before you go and discredit the boy, I'm not saying you are, but before we do, he's using the language he's got to understand what he's seeing and what he's seeing and what he's trying to get a grasp of. You, you'll do it and I do it. We all do it. We try to paint this picture of what we think we've heard. Right. But then God will speak again and again and again. And the more God keeps speaking, the picture gets clearer and clearer. So what I thought I saw, now I'm coming into understanding here, because now a year on, I've got more language. I'm used to hearing God a wee bit more now in my life. So now what I saw there now is coming into focus here. Yes? And that's prophecy. Prophecy speaks to John. He says, John, you've got a colourful shirt. You've got gold around it. Now that's one prophecy, but what does it mean? But as John keeps speaking... And keeps walking and keeps working with the Holy Spirit. What he saw there and revealed now starts coming into focus. So understanding was, listen, understanding wisdom, insight and revelation was attached to the way John walked. Oh, but you want it all up front. Why would God share everything up front with you? He's going to wait to see if you're worthy of the revelation. God walks with those who walk with him. Yes, that is true. Well done, Tony. Thank you for saying that. God walks and works with those who walk and work with him. So in Revelation chapter 4, I know it's in your Bible. No one's stolen chapter 4. Let's take this. I already know I'm not going to be able to finish this, but... At least we can give it a good go. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, he says this. And after this, so just pause there a minute. An event is taking place. Something has previously been said. And now he says, and after this. And therefore, before me was a door standing in heaven and a voice. A doorway and a voice. I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said. So this is not the first time he has heard this voice, but he recognizes it's a voice he's heard before. So how many of you know in his walk, God has revealed himself to him before? Yes, it's important that there's continuity. The more we keep hearing God, the more we get familiar, and I say familiar in a very useful way, not a negative way. We get familiar with his voice, so therefore my response time is sharper. Does that make sense? My response time now is sharper. So I can say to him, watch. I can then, uh, he said, come up here and I'll show you what must soon take place. Then verse 2, at once. At once. Because of his journey and his walk and his previous encounters, notice the response time. At once. Very often with you and I, we're still trying to work out, is that God? I'm not sure it's God. It could be God. How do I know it's God? 
And this internal confusion on the inside only does one thing. It delays the response. Hello? So when I feel in my spirit to write this document that I've just written and given to you, my instant thought was, you know what my instant thought was? Nobody will read it. Nobody's interested. You'll only get laughed at. People say, are you, think, are you saying you're a prophet? So you've got to put all those internal voices to one side and say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And guess what? Be a fool for the Lord. If you're going to be a fool, be a fool for God. So now this is in my own congregation. Then this letter's got to go beyond the walls. Then, then I now look at my own spiritual peers and the worst thing your spiritual peers can do, you know what it is? It's not laugh at you, it's ignore you. It's ignore you. So having a prophetic voice sometimes can be lonely and it can be, sometimes it can be trouble. But that's okay. That's okay because I have good people around me who can fight my battles with me. They say for me, with me. And that's important that we have people around us who can fight the spiritual battles. Because when you stick your neck out, and this is what's going to happen, and it will happen the more this word goes beyond our walls. And I have, I feel like a, a balloon that's going to explode if nobody listens to me. So after this, I looked up and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and the voice. And I, I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. And at once, immediately, I was in where? In the spirit. So from the word of God, we've got to step into the spirit of God. The word of God will lead you into the spirit of God. Why will he lead us into the spirit of God? Because the Holy Spirit has already told us that he will take from the Father and take from the Son what's being spoken and he will reveal it to you. The first thing Jesus commended his disciples for in John 17 was, I have given them the, your word and they have received it and loved it. Right, now because the word's imparted, now we can send the next installment called the Holy Ghost. So go and wait in Jerusalem in the upper room and I will send the Holy Ghost as the next deposit. Why? Because they've already, they're already word-fearing word, word disciples. Yes? They're walking with the Word, they're working with the Word, they're witnessing with the Word, they're, worship, they're, they're worshipping with the Word. The Word is installed, but now they need the power of the Word, the Holy Ghost. So he said, and immediately I was in the Spirit. Why? Because in the Spirit, only in the Spirit can you then understand and receive the dimensions of the word this is what gets me about prophecy are you listening everyone prophecy people come up to me and tell me prophecy 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 i understand prophecy this is going to happen that's going to happen that's going to happen and i look at them they're not even men of the spirit don't tell me prophecy if you can't even walk by the holy ghost so much, of, so much of eschatology is old, it's 60, 70 years old doctrine. You cannot interpret the book of Revelation two ways you interpret the book of Revelation. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? A life in the spirit, one. And you interpret the book of Revelation through the destiny of the church. Not the nation's. The church is the key to understanding the book of Revelation, not just world events. Why? Because world events change according to your generation, but the destiny of the church never changes. It's constant all the way through. People never think of that. The destiny of the church from, gener from, gen from Genesis... Right through to Revelation. It's never changed. But world events change according to your time, season and generation. So then you're interpreting, oh, it could be Gorbachev. No, it's not Gorbachev. Oh, it could be, it could be Saddam Hussein. No, it could be the Pope. Now it's Donald Trump. Give me a break. See the destiny of the church. Not world events. 
World events are important, but so is the church. Why? Because it's the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for. And it's, it's, that's what he's looking for, and it's what's developing in the church at that time yeah. is going to trigger yeah. all these things. Yeah. So Donald Trump, let's just say Donald Trump is your antichrist, is your version of the antichrist. Are you telling me the church is ready for rapture? <clears throat> Certainly not. Do you see a pure spotless bride? No. Uh, that's why we're praying for it this morning. We're anything from a pure spotless bride. Do you see deceit in the church? Of course you do. Do you see witchcraft in the church? Of course you do. Do you see manipulation in the lives of the saints? Of course you do. We're not ready to go. He's not perfected his church yet. So look at the church. I didn't plan to say this. I did not plan to say this. I'm looking at his church first before some of you want to go home and you're not even perfected. That's why you've got another 20 years. No NHS for you. No home soon for you. No sound same. <laughs> Seriously, let's look at the church and let's get the body of Christ into position before we start thinking two to beam up. I'm not ready to be beamed up. They've got a lot of work on the ground to be done first. Amen? It's out there now, I've said it. I hate, it, it just does my head in when I hear people talking about prophecy. It really does. They could be right. They could be right. And what do you want me to do? Put my life on hold until you're right? Meanwhile, come up here and I'll show you something. Get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. And hear the voice for yourself. Rather than reading the speculations of men. So that when you've been up there yourself and you know what he's spoken to you, when you hear it on the ground, you can say, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit showed me. Yeah. Now you can, okay, now there's a witness. Now we've got two or three witnesses on the ground. Most, most theological eschatology is all based on what people want to hear. Everybody wants to hear two to beam up. Nobody wants to hear about suffering. True? At once I was immediately in the Spirit, standing in heaven. And there before me was a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. Let me say this now. If we're going to step into the Spirit, you, need, you are discovering the entrance point. This is the entrance point into the mysteries, into revelation, into understanding, into insight. The entrance point is the Holy Spirit. And I will show you what is about to come. I will reveal to you what the Father is saying and declaring about his bride. I will reveal to you the nature, the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. The Spirit is the gateway to understanding what this book, just in black type, will never reveal to you. If you do not walk by the Spirit, how can you understand the mysteries of God? The number one issue in Christendom, Christianity for some, is most Christians will tell you they struggle with hearing the, the voice of God. I find that astounding because how can you walk and live a Christian life without hearing the voice of God? No wonder so many people are going here, there and everywhere. No wonder people are up and down. If they can't hear the voice of God to speak to them. But listen, they can't hear the voice of God despite them hearing the word of God. After a while, if I just keep reading and reading and reading this book, but I never meet the God of his word, something's wrong. I remember one day being in youth camp. And somebody was being smart with me and said to me, if you want to understand the mysteries of God, you've got to go and read the book of Job. Anybody read the book of Job? Whew. So there I was, sat on a rock in Anglesey, reading the book of Job. I came out more confused than I went in. And I'm thinking, if that's meant to be wisdom, 
I went back to this person. And he's looking at me, waiting for my best defense. I didn't have one. I just said to him, have you got another chapter? Have you got another book I can read? Why? I haven't got a scooby-doo what that means. I didn't understand what Job was all about. But here I am, 30, 40 years, walking with God. I understand a lot more about Job today than I ever did on that rock, sat on that rock in Anglesey. And I remember sitting there looking out into the open sea, thinking, okay, Lord, download it. Download it, I'm here. My mind's open, the sea is open, the sky is open, I'm ready. Nothing, no voice. After reading about five or six chapters, I'm bored out of my skull. Why? Because I have no entrance point. I don't know how to step in to the word. I'm just expected to read the word and it for it to come alive. No, some days that might happen. Why? Because you already know the entrance point. Once you know the entrance point, I can pick up the word and step in like Alice through the wardrobe. I know the way in. No, I confess to you, some days I read the Bible and it might as well just be reading, you know, um, I don't know, anything boring. War and peace, thank you. War and peace. At some point, war and peace might get interesting, but you've got to read a load of baloney before you get to the interesting part. Yeah? So the point is, you have days like that, I will have days like that. that that's okay. But it's what I received yesterday and the week before that keeps me going back for knowing what he'll speak to me the day after. I'm getting to the point now where I can't read the Bible without it speaking to me. Now, of course, the problem then is, it's not just it speaking to you, it's how fast can you obey. An entrance point is an access point. An access point. I remember that word, access. She knows what I'm on about. The entrance point, that which becomes an access point for you dialoguing with God. And God dialoguing with you. And you know, this entrance point here, watch this. This is an entrance point that cleansed me by the blood of the Lamb. The reason why so many believers, or I say believers, theologians, non-believers, who tell you the believers, cannot understand is because they can't access this, go beyond this point, because the blood of the Lamb has not cleansed them. It's that, first of all, that qualifies you to step over. Yes? Once I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, the door's open. Now it's, I must walk with the Holy Spirit. And the more I walk with the Holy Spirit, the more He'll reveal. God reveals His nature and His certain, God reveals Himself according to the intensity of your desire to know Him. Let me say that again. God will reveal Himself to you, Edna, according to the intensity of your desire to, to know Him. God will reveal himself to you according to the level of the intensity of your desire is to know him and know his ways. So it's very good sometimes, guys, to get before God and say, God, my heart has been cold. I struggle to know your ways. I struggle to know your will. Father, I'm asking you to put something in my heart that I don't have. David said... David prayed it. It was a great, great insight to me. And God revealed it to me. David didn't have in his heart what he asked God for when he sinned. There were so many things God, uh, that David did not have in his own capacity. But he realized he needed them to pursue God. But he knew within his own nature he didn't have them. He had a lustful heart. You cannot make a lustful heart go away. Until God does something with your desire for him to take it away. Some of you want God to take away some of your sins and some of your behaviours, but you have no desire for them to be taken away. But you just want him to take them away. But he won't do that. It's okay you not having the power to do it. Why? Because it's in that state God reveals to you that you need a power. 
And that's a new trust and walking, obedience and that faith and that, and that word that God speaks to you that gets you from A to B to C to D to E. I don't know where I am in the alphabet on my walk. Some days I feel like I go back to A. Other days I think I'm just getting right near to, to the letter Z, or the Americans call it Z. And then all of a sudden it's like the snakes and ladders, a snake pops up, gets me and takes me right back. Is that how you feel? But guess what? At least I'm still on the board. I'm still in the game. It's okay. As long as God can keep speaking to you and you've got access to the Lord, Lord can, Lord can take you from there and take you right to the place called finish. As long as he's got access into your life. The worst thing about the snakes and ladders is that you get bit by a snake and you get bit by another snake and another snake as you're going down the ladder. Yeah? Because when you fall, you're not looking. You just fall. Freeload. Freestyle. But at least when you're walking forward, you're, you're aware of what's in front of you. But when you fall backwards, you're not looking backwards. Okay, let's take this somewhere. There is a voice that is willing to reveal the mystery of God through the prophetic preceding word. There is a voice that God wants you to hear. Yeah? This voice is a personal voice. And as it speaks to you, it'll tune you to the frequency and to the tone of the voice. As it speaks to you, it will... Internal, sorry, it will internally tune you to that voice. So whether you're in, the, you're in an environment that is loud and confused and erratic, God does not have to shout. God can, only, God can speak his still, small voice. But because you're tuned to that frequency, it can instantly arrest you. Yeah. Anybody want this relationship? This voice is instructive. If you cannot take instructions from the Holy Ghost, then your, your walk as a Christian is greatly hindered. You must be able to take instructions. Listen. That sounds wonderful and everyone's going to say, yes, 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 yes. Of course, of course, Pastor. We must all have to take instructions from the Holy Ghost. But what happens if the Holy Ghost is a female... What happens if the Holy Ghost comes to you in a package of a male? But it's still the same Holy Ghost giving you an instruction through a vehicle that you didn't expect. Or like. True? Can you take the voice of instruction when it comes in a different package than you used to? That's the difference. Can you recognize? That's why, the, that's why the book of Proverbs says, a wise man does not rebuke, sorry, he does not flee from a rebuke. If he can see this wisdom in it, a wise man won't. Even though he might not like the rebuke, and it might cut him, he, he, rec he recognizes it's still wisdom coming out of his mouth. But a fool scorns a rebuke. So if God has to use your boss, oh yeah. If God has to use your boss to rebuke you and it's the voice of the Holy Ghost and he does it maybe in a way that you don't like, the first thing you'll say is, I'm going to go home and pray about, Lord, get the devil out of this work. Bind that devil that's trying to speak to me. And there's the problem. You're now trying to bind what God's loosing. And you're now loosing what God's bound. How many of you know this voice when he speaks is motivational? What did he say to John? He spoke to John and John says, at once. I was in the spirit. It, was, it motivated John to go to the next level. At once I was there. At once. So God speaks today. What is the motivation going to be of your heart? Are you going to stand up? Are you going to step in? Are you going to stand upon? And are you going to stay in until... That has to come from you. Now, are you just hearing Tony? Are you just hearing human words? Or can you hear God's voice through what I'm saying? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Because one thing I've said, but two things you're hearing. And what I said is not what you've heard. And what you've heard might not be what I said. That's why MP3s are good. 
Last one. You don't want to say the last one. <laughs> this dimension is a dimension that can be stepped into by you. You have not been cut off from this. It has been freely given to you. There is no reason, listen to me, everybody look up to me now. There is no reason under heaven and earth why you can't step into this. It's freely available for every believer to step into. How you step in, the ways can all be revealed. But I want you to know this morning that the doorway into the spirit realm is open. It's not closed. And I'll tell you why it's not, I'll tell you why it's not closed. It's, it's not closed for two reasons that instantly come to my mind. It's not closed because Jesus Christ is the door. The Holy Spirit is the gateway. Okay? That's one thing. Now, I do believe the voice of God can be cut off over a region, over a church, over an individual's life because of sin and disobedience. I do believe that. I've, I've witnessed that in my own life. But the moment repentance came in, the doorway was open. The doorway was open. I cannot progress knowing that there's sin in my life. At some point, I'm going to have to stop, build an altar, repent, get something sorted out. And then he says, stand up, step in, stay in, keep walking with me. So as we keep walking with God, then he cleanses my heart and then the joy of the Lord then becomes my strength again. And I feel like I'm in a beautiful summertime. Amen? But there's another reason why this gateway is open. Why? Because this eldership pray and make sure it stays open. We make sure that it stays open in our lives. So if it's open in my life, I know that when I turn the tap on, there's going to be a river flowing. Phil has to walk the way he walks. Paul and Emma have to walk the way they walk. But if at any time his river closes and gets contaminated, she'll pick it up and I'll pick it up. Now, whether she's brave enough to sit down and say, Phil, you've contaminated your river, that's another thing. Now, can he take instruction? See that? And this, why? Because it's the elders who, run, who, who conduct the affairs of the house. So who's going to bring the elders into a line? Not you. We bring each other into a line, and he brings us into a line. People normally say, I don't like that, elder, I'm leaving. Right? Well, that's, your, that's, that's your, I'm not saying it's your right, but it's, that's what you'll do. But the point is, I've got to make sure, and he's got to make sure, that if her river's getting muddy, and his river's getting contaminated, then guess what? It's going to block up the frequency in the house. So it's our job to make sure... Each one, we might need to look at each other in the eye and say, are you okay this morning? Being upset or being not well is not the same. That's not what we're on about. We're talking about is, is well with my soul? Is everything okay with my soul? Am I transparent? Am I accountable? That's the issue. Amen? So when we ask people to stand up, I love, one thing I love about worship is, worship is the great revealer. You can often see people in the worship, in times of worship, and you see those who are really going after God, and you can see that there's a great intensity and a desire for them to want to, to know more and express more. Right? But that's, for some people, that's only in the worship. Once worship's over, oh, it's the word now. Oh, there's a problem right there. There's a problem. There might be a problem just right there. What you're telling me is you're experiential, but we can't put you in the word. Okay, then you've got the other believer who loves the word but can't even raise their hands. Well, we might have a problem there. Might have a problem there. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be freaky and give it all, you know. I'm saying be free. Be free. Years ago, the old Pentecostals, when they fell on the floor, they were all adjusting the ties. Can't be seen on the floor, they're not of order. It's true. And now you've got the other excess where you've got all over the place. So somewhere in the middle, we've got to get a balance. However, I like to see the worshipper, when you talk to them, they're full of energy. 
full of life. And when they go into worship, you can see that, that what, you've just, what you're seeing over here is what you're seeing here. So many musicians, they stand up on a Sunday morning, hey, is everybody happy? As J.D. always says, is everybody happy? And then they start chinky, 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 chink, chink, chink. And then when they get off the stage, they're miserable as sin. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. More preachers and worship leaders are miserable as sin. At least have a smile. Get some Colgate. Do something. God. Say it with me. The Word of God. The thoughts of God. The voice of God. The God of His Word. The living God. Are all inseparable. And all must be dimensions living in you. They must all become living dimensions in you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Let's stand to our feet, if we will, please. <coughs> they must all become living dimensions in you. Yes, Pastor, you're absolutely right. So therefore, then, what's going to change? You. Exactly. You've got to change. And you've got to say, Father, bro, I, need, I need help. I need your help in this area. I feel so ill-equipped now that I do read my Bible, but I do struggle to hear your voice. Well, it's okay. Don't fret. We're all there. We're all there. Peace be with you. Have peace. You will struggle. It's okay to struggle to hear the voice of God. After a while, if you keep asking the Lord to show you, He will show you. Remember what I said? God will reveal Himself according to the intensity of your desire to know Him. This is where you need to know the God of His Word. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right, so therefore you have that confidence that he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. If I seek him, he'll reveal himself. It just might not be on the day you read it or on the day you pray to him or the day you heard me speak. You may have to go, just have to walk and marinate in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. Don't be in a, God is not obligated to answer you on the time you want him to answer. It's called a walk. Let's, I say to Carol, let's walk and squawk together. You know, let's walk and talk. And as we walk and talk, understanding. Yeah. And this is the Christian walk. As you walk and think about God's word, think on his thoughts. Well, I don't know much. Well, you might need a bit more words to think about what he's saying. Yeah. And the more you think about it, God will begin to drop little things. And it's like the machine is clicking. Yeah. Like that. And then all of a sudden, boom. The penny clicks. You go, ooh, ooh. And it seems simple once it's clicked. True? And then you move on to the next thing. Don't go to Book of Revelation. Just stay in your relationship with Jesus until you start hearing that voice getting clearer and clearer. Then, reveal. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal certain aspects of Revelation because we do need to understand it. But not in the contamination. What's already out there? So raise your hands if you will. I want you to pray this prayer, but only if you mean it. I don't want you to pray it because I'm asking you to pray it. I want, I'm just going to help you pray a prayer that, you, that echoes in your heart. And say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a son of the living God or a daughter of the living God. You've given me access through the blood of Jesus. To fellowship, to go deeper, to be developed. Father, I need a greater intensity. Father, I don't have it. But you do. Father, I'm not asking you to take all the responsibility away. I'm asking you, Father, to put a desire in my heart that I do not have today stood here while I'm praying for you. Praying to you. But it has been revealed to me today by the Spirit, by the Word, what is lacking in my life. And therefore, Lord, 
I am calling upon you to supply to me what I need. Now, at this point, you just tell him what you think you need. You tell him what you think you need to keep your walk vibrant. Tell the Holy Ghost what you need. Come on, tell him. And I'll, take, I'll lead you in the next part of the prayer. <laughs> you know what I like, Lord. You know what I don't have. You know where I've struggled. Now come back to the, now come back to the to water's edge again with me, if you will. And say, dear Heavenly Father, with all that you've just given to me, I take a step forward. I take a step forward in faith, believing that you're with me, that as I open up the word, I will hear the voice of encouragement. I'll feel the arms of strength. I'll feel the breath invigorate my spirit. So right now, lift up those holy hands if you will. I'm going to pray for the Lord to breathe upon you. Holy Spirit, breathe upon your people right now. Supply to them what they lack. Supply to them in the spirit what they lack, Father. Right now, let fire from heaven above rest on your sons and your daughters, supplying to each one what they lack. Oh, Father, come on, church. Say, I receive it. I receive it by faith. It's not what I feel. It's what the Word has just revealed to me. I will receive it right now. Now, see your walk getting stronger. See your walk getting stronger. See yourself beginning to flourish. You will hear the voice of God. You will. God will open up your eyes. God will open up your spirit. God will open up your ears. You will hear. You will see. You will touch. You will feel. You will witness. It's according to your intensity of your desire. God, the God who is able, is able to keep you from falling. Now thank him. Come on, thank him in your heart. Thank you, Father, for what I've received today. I didn't necessarily have to feel anything, but I know by faith you have imparted into my heart today all that I need for life and godliness. I did not feel it, but I believe it. And I am believing to see all that has been prayed this morning in the Spirit. Father, seal it. Seal it, oh God, I pray, that the birds of the air this week will not come and steal the seeds inside my brothers and sisters. Father, protect them by your word, that the enemy of their soul will not steal the words and the seed that has been imparted into my brothers and sisters this morning. Let your word be nourished. Let your word be watered this week, oh God. I ask, Father Lord, for a harvest. Oh, Father, right now. And give your people a testimony of the, of the God of his word and the word of God being inseparable. From this day on, you're going to have a testimony. You're going to have a testimony. That as you've stood on the word of God, you're going to see that God is a God of his word. Amen? Amen. And as you rise tomorrow, you're going to have thoughts on your mind. They're going to come in. They're going to seem insignificant. But it's going to be enough to arrest you. I ask you now, I, or should I plead you by, by the mercies of God, to give that thought some oxygen. No matter where you are, what time you get up, as you step out of bed, or you're on a train, whatever you're doing, and that thought comes in, give it some oxygen. Think about it. And the moment you think about it, say, Holy Spirit, breathe into this thought. Show me your way. Show me what you're saying to me, oh God. Why is this song coming into my mind? It might even be a secular song. Hey, don't fight it. We're training you. 
The first song will come into your mind. Listen to the words of the song. What are they implying? Where are they taking you? God can speak anywhere from anything. You think, well, it's a worldly song. It can't be God. God can speak anywhere. The words of the song are more important than the artist. Amen? Whatever culture... Whatever song comes to your mind out of your culture, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and say, Lord, show me what it is you're trying to speak to me about, about the words of this song. Think about it, meditate about it, and then let the Lord speak to you. And you say, well, i got nothing. Go again tomorrow. Go again the day after. Go again the day after that. And the more you keep doing it, the more the voice of God will get stronger and stronger and clarity will come to your mind. Give God something to work with. Amen? And the more you give God, the more God will give back to you. And then it'll become a good measure. And then it'll be pressed down. And it'll be poured in over in your life. We know that scripture's to do with, with forgiveness. We know that. But I'm just telling you, this is how God does. The more you give to God, the more God can give, give back to you. Amen? So, let's, let's just give the Lord a standing ovation this morning. I hope you received that as much as I enjoyed speaking it. <laughs>